What's up, movie fans and Netflix bingers? This is the Bros Who Binge podcast. My name is Adam Schubert, and as always, I'm joined by Lyndon Burton. Lyndon, I'm rocking the merch today. I see it, bro. I got to start rocking, rocking my merch again. Yo, big, big pod. We we're talking Judas and the Black Messiah, which I totally forgot about. I am in love with that movie. But how could you forget? Because what got my mind is your honor, which is crazy. It's over. I'm so excited to talk about that. Then we got a lot of news to discuss. I'm hyped, bro. This is going to be a great episode this week. Yeah. Also, the last 30 minute episode of WandaVision, only hour long episodes of the last three. So, <laughs> okay. That's, that's nice. That's pretty great. Um, but, you know, we'll talk a lot of speculation on that and talk about this Halloween spooktacular we just had. Um, yeah. But we got a lot, a lot of news, um, a, a lot of great stuff to review. Um, and we've had been having some great conversations on the discord. Mm-hmm. I've been like biting my tongue, wanting to put some things in the discord, but because I wanted to talk about it here on the podcast, especially some of the trailers that we've watched that I know that some of you guys have been talking about. So I'm definitely excited to get going on today's pod. Yeah. The discord is lit. If you have not joined the, uh, discord, the bros who think discord, it is literally for every, for, if you're a fan of any of the shows, we talk all in there. If you're a fan of anime talk, we talk anime and manga in there under the anime talk tab. If you're a fan of movies and TV, we talk bros who binge under the bros who binge tab. I mean, we talk movies and TV under the bros who binge tab sports under the sports tab, hip hop, music, music in general, and then just pop culture stuff. The discord is popping. We have a legitimate community in there and we want the whole entire podcast listening community to join the discord because we're doing discord exclusive events like trivia night, like drafts, like it's going to be lit. We're giving away prizes. Everybody who's in the discord right now is up for a giveaway at the end of the month. You still have time to join. You legitimately can join up until February. I was about to say the wrong day and I was like, wait, February doesn't have that many days. You can join up until February 28th at 1159 p.m. That's the last time you can join uh, to be in the get the giveaway for this month. But Check the link in the description of the YouTube video or of the Spotify link, the SoundCloud link, whatever you listen to, the Apple Music link, and join the Discord because I'm telling you, it is so much freaking fun. Yeah, definitely do that. Uh, like I said, I've been, I'll get more involved in it. It just seems like everything that I want to talk about is something that we're about to talk about on the podcast. And I, you know, I, I'm, I want everyone to, maybe go off discussions that we have here today. Cause I want to see what people think about some of the takes that we're going to have on some of these stories today. Oh yeah, no, it, it is going down to today. So whenever you're ready, Schubert, I'm ready. We can get started. All right. Yeah, I'm ready. Let's get going. So right here, we're putting an amendment because the mortal combat trailer is dropping. Y'all can be sure to check that out right now. We're gonna, I'm gonna give my thoughts on it real quick. So check out the amendment here. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I needed to make an amendment to the Bros Who Binge episode because the Mortal Kombat trailer dropped and it had been too long if we didn't put it out. So first off, wow, what a trailer. Look, there's some things that I don't like. There's a lot of things that I do like. Let's get the things that I don't like. I don't like Ludi Lin's. Um, fuck, what is his name? Now I'm forgetting his name. Uh, Ludi Lin's character. I'm I'm gonna get it, don't worry. But I don't like his character as uh, Liu Kang. Yeah, I don't, I don't like Ludi Lu's Ludi Lu's Liu Kang. I really don't. I just don't think he 
fits Liu Kang when you got the dude playing Cole Young. Louis Tan, Louis Tan looks so badass. I just think Ludi Lou looks like he's in a different movie than everybody else. Like Ludi Lou looks kind of, Ludi Lou looks like he belong in that old Mortal Kombat movie. If I'm keeping it a stack of full beam, he the only one I don't like how they look. Jax, when Sub-Zero broke his arm, yo, fire, fire, fire. Jax looked good. Sub-Zero looked fucking great. Joe Towson, I'm hyped for him. Uh, Seeing Kano, I thought Kano looked great. I thought Scorpion looked great. My guy from The Last Samurai. Shout out to my guy. Hold on. Uh, Hiroyuki Sanada. Big fan of that dude. And he killed it. I, I, I want that dude to be Ron's al Ghul. Like, that's how good uh, Hiroyuki is. I'm a big fan of him. Love this Scorpion. Um... I don't think we saw a lot of Raiden. I'm trying to like go through the trailer right now to make sure like I didn't miss nothing, but it just seems like they got everything right. Like when they're breaking the arms in the first couple of minutes, it lets you know like, oh, we're going for a mature vibe. And then Sonya Blade looks good now. Okay, let's talk about Cole Young. Is Cole Young Johnny Cage? Is Cole Young Johnny Cage? That's my question. I just got to ask it because it feels like Cole Young is Johnny Cage. Like, I feel like they're going to come and they're going to be at the end of it. Cole Young be like, this is my stage name, Johnny Cage. And it's the best. I feel like this movie's going to be the birth of Johnny Cage. Like at the end of it, he's going to find himself. He's going to go back. He's going to be an actor. That's what I feel. But I'm interested in this Cole Young character. Dude looks like a baller. Um, They're saying Sub-Zero is the villain for this movie. So. Will we get the tournament? And will we see, like, the Ludi Lu, um, and Ludi Lu's the actor, the Ludi Lu, uh, Lu Kang versus Shang Tsung shit? Hope not. <laughs> like, I don't want to see Ludi Lu do shit. Like, of course, we're going to battle saying Shang Tsung, but, like, if Sub-Zero's the villain, what does that mean for Scorpion? Is this more like Scorpion's Revenge, the animated movie? I have a lot of questions. But in terms of the trailer, fire. I told our Discord, Loved it more than the Kong versus Godzilla trailer. And yes, there's some moments that I had the trailer. You could say it looked like a hot mess, but I just enjoyed it, man. As a Mortal Kombat fan, it looks like they got it right. And all I, that's all I can ask for. Good fights, good visuals and decent acting. And it looks like we got that. So I'm excited. But let's finish up and get back to bros who binge. All right, Shubi, you can take over. That was our amendment because we know that a Mortal Kombat trailer is dropping. It's too important not to be in the review. But we'll talk about the posters real quick and get your thoughts on everything. Yeah, my thoughts on the posters is who the F is Cole Young. Yeah, weirdest thing. Uh, again, we've known for a while that... Uh, that uh, Louis Tan was going to have like his own created character for this movie. I'm very interested to see what that's about. And I know you probably just heard my thoughts on that in the trailer breakdown. But in terms of all the posters, I'm loving how uh, Scorpion's looking, loving how Sub-Zero's looking. The only one that I don't like how they look is Liu Kang, because I just don't buy Ludi Lu. When you have Louis Tan as this Cole Young character, and you could have just made Louis Tan freaking Liu Kang and that would have been perfect yeah yeah and I don't really like a long hair Liu Kang the game that I played had a short hair Liu Kang that's what I'm saying um, and that goes back to my point of like you could have made Louis Tan Liu Kang and I'd have been down with it but I guess they're trying to make it 
different from the OG Mortal Kombat movie. It's also a little scary looking. Like Kano's pretty scary looking. I love that. Uh, Melina's pretty scary looking. I love that. Uh, that means they're getting violent. It's an adult Mortal Kombat, which it should oh, yeah. be. Like we got fatalities, we got brutalities. Let's go, man. I'm excited. But we'll get your thoughts on the trailer and everything more next week. So start us off, brother. All right. So in the Star Wars news, like I like to start out with, Ryan Johnson was in an interview and he said the trilogy is still happening, which for some fans is like like Lyndon shaking his head. But for me, I, I'm excited about it. You know, I think that, you know, I am a not a Last Jedi fan or a hater. I'm kind of in the middle of it. Like I think um, on its own, it's a very watchable movie, but it does take its own liberties onto a story that's already cumulative, comul- uh, you know, it's a story that's already been told and he's kind of adding on to it where like here he's going to take a trilogy and he's going to tell his own story so i'm really excited about what that could entail Look, a I'm, a, I'm a ryan johnson fan in the sense of all of his stuff not star wars i love knives out i i watched looper, looper like a couple like a month or two ago it is fucking amazing so I have hope that it can be good that he's doing his own thing, but he just left a sour taste in my mouth with Star Wars. So he has to redeem himself with that for me until I'm like, the hype's not there. I'm more excited for Knives Out 2. Like, that's what I'm ready for. The thing about, like, Ryan Johnson and The Last Jedi is that The Last Jedi had some of the worst moments of the sequel trilogy, but also had some of some really high moments. It did. The throne room, um, Admiral Holdo and the Holdo maneuver. Uh, the opening sequence. Uh, there's a lot of really positives to the last Jedi. But I can so never like, forgive him for what he did to Finn. Never. No. no. Never. Canto Ruined bite. Him. I'm looking at the Canto bite. Trash, dog. Trash. Crank, crank phone calls. Trash. Star Wars. Trash. But anyway. Uh, so speaking. Oh, oh no! Speak, no, speaking on Star Wars, still the Cara Dune toy lines being pulled, and there were rumors of a recast. I had already like written out uh, <laughs> like some ideas that I had had for this recast, and then later on it comes out that it's debunked and that they will not recast. But you know, a question for the Discord is: if you were to recast, who would you want to uh, recast Cara Dune for? I think I think they're not gonna recast, but I definitely think we're getting a character who would be the Cara Dune-esque character. You know what I mean? I, like, I think they're making yeah. a new one, but I, I, you can recast her, though. Like, what? I think you can recast her. I, yeah. I saw some people saying Michelle Rodriguez as a recast, That's not which bad. I don't hate. I don't hate um, that, but, like, I don't necessarily like that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'd i be up for a new character. I'd be up for a recast. You know, uh, I just think... You know I, who I, I would like? Uh, what's that lady who's Tomb Raider? Oh, I don't know. Alicia her Vikander. Name, yeah, Vikander. Yeah. I would like Alicia Vikander. I think she would do well. I'm trying to think of other physical. I, I would have said have Amelia to be someone Clark. who's not as big because you got to remember how much she was getting paid for the, that role. She wasn't getting paid anything. Yeah, so, that's true, too. So unless they were going to promise that that person was also going to get that Rangers role. So I don't mm. know. Oh, you could do the new, the, uh, the MMA uh, lady who's in Suicide Squad. My my Ling or who's who's uh Mongol, I think her name is my Ning my Ning Win Win or something. I, I don't want to mispronounce her name. Mm-hmm. Whoever's Mongol in Suicide Squad, I think could be dope. Um if Ronda Rousey wants to give it a shot at being, you no. know, in movies, like let, let her get a shot. Why not? I'm I'm looking at some like oh bro, where's Kira Knightley been? Kira Knightley cannot be Cardoon. Where's Kira Knightley been? Let's just get her in Star Wars. She is in Star Wars. 
Oh, she is. But she's like, we get. What about uh, Carrie Ann Moss? I don't know who that is. That's uh, the lady from uh, Matrix. Is she too old? Uh, probably. What about Zoe Zaldana? Too big. I mean, you have to. You, uh, what's her name? The person who was the actress. Uh, I've totally erased her from my mind at this point. Uh, <laughs> but the actress who played Cardin. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I just totally erased her from my mind at this point. I don't even care what her name is anymore. Um, but yeah, I mean, she was so unknown. She wasn't getting paid anything. So, like, you got to get someone who's like a nobody. But yeah, I would, like so see a, I would like to see a Latina actress take on the role. TV Michelle Rodriguez. But uh, but anyway, yeah. So, so that's it uh, with that. If you have any ideas for who could recast Cara Dune or what you would do with the character now that she is officially gone for good, uh, I'm let old, us know uh, in Discord. Not not Michelle Rodriguez. That lady from uh, Dasha Polanco. Okay. I, I would I would fuck with Dasha Polanco. But yeah, y'all let us know what y'all think in the Discord or in the comments on the YouTube video. Uh, but speaking of Star Wars directors, J.J. Abrams' Bad Robot is developing a darker reboot of the DC comics Constantine for HBO Max with Guy Bolton set to write. The character is set to be, be cast as a diverse lead, a departure mm. from the one played by Matt Ryan in the NBC CW series. Look, it's nothing crazy. wrong with that. I'm cool with this. And that's dope that we're getting Constantine. That shows me we're building up the deep. We're, we're, we're kind of doing, I don't want to say we're doing what Marvel's doing in the sense of building up their universe in TV, but that, I feel like that's what the, this is going to be. DC's building up their multiverse on the TV side, and I feel like that's leading to a big crisis on Infinite Earths or crime syndicate. That's what I really don't want to see them do crisis because the CW did it. I would prefer them to do a big uh, multiverse thing where the multiverse is battling the crime syndicate of the Justice Lords and like the evil Justice League. That would be yeah. amazing. We've, we've talked about Titans uh, and what's going to happen post season three. And as we go through with Titans, I feel like there's going to be a lot of divide coming out of Titans. I feel like we're going to get a, a Nightwing series. And I feel like Nightwing and Constantine could, could come together on something in, in a crossover. It Maybe just depends on Zatanna. how it just depends yeah. on how big they're going to try to make this. Like, that's what I'm waiting to see with these HBO shows, because you're right. If, they're, if, they're, if they're going for it with a, with like a, a Titans ass mind, I would love to see that collab happen but what's to say this isn't gonna be the constantine in robert pattinson's batman's universe like his his police department has a tv show on hbo max peacemaker which we're going to talk about later has a tv show on hbo max that's part of the suicide squad that's what i'm saying this could be a big multiverse event and i'm excited to see where they go but either way we're getting good stories jj abrams is working on dc which we've known but this mm -hmm. gets me excited that he's just producing this because that leads me to believe that he's making Superman. I believe that with everything in my soul. It's possible. We knew that Bad Robot was coming into HBO Max. They had like a deal and this mm -hmm. is going to be one of those that is part of that Bad Robot deal. And, and everybody, about it. And everybody thought he was going to direct Constantine and write Constantine. And and I, every the, the Superman contingent was like, no, he's doing Superman. And people were like, no, he's about to do Justice League Dark. He's about to do Constantine. He might produce those movies, but he's going to write and direct something for DC. And if it's not Justice League Dark, I'm letting y'all know my money. I'm betting the mortgage on Superman. But nonetheless, like you said, I'm excited for this. If it's a person of color, you know who I would like to see be Constantine, but he may be too big now. Yeah. 
Lakeith Stanfield. Maybe too big now. Will, he, he might be too big now, but I feel like that's something that he could settle into for sure. I think but he he's, just, kill he's it. a movie star now. I mean, honestly, and like his and but his one TV role that I have no, of note in Atlanta, he's one of the stars of that show. He is, and I think he would kill as Constantine. Also, another person if we're going person of color, your boy from Sound of Metal and Night of Rizzo Med would kill mm, as he Constantine. Might be too big. He might be too big too, but would. Both of those dudes could get the darkness of Constantine, the, the funniness of Constantine. Hey, wait, actually, you can't do Lakeith because he's British. Riz Ahmed would kill it as Constantine. Would kill it. Like, that's my number one choice. And if we could ever get Dev Patel back to Blockbusters. That's what I was about to say. If we could ever get Dev Patel back to Blockbusters, this would be a role he would kill too. Well, you know, when you were talking about Riz Ahmed, I'm thinking like, you know, POCs that could be Constantine. I'm like, oh man, Dev Patel. It, with the British accent and all, like that's it would what I'm be perfect. Saying. Either him, either Riz Ahmed or or Dev Patel. That's my first choices. But speaking on Lake Lakeith Stanfield and his at in Atlanta, uh, we just got a lot of uh, Donald Glover news. So Donald Glover and Phoebe Waller Bridge are team up for Mr. and Mrs. Smith series at Amazon. Waller Bridge and Glover will create and star in the series. Uh, Francesca Sloan who is also under an overall deal Amazon is attached as a co-creator will serve as a showrunner. Also, she would real quick because I, I knew I forgot something in the notes. We'll talk yeah, about came this out recently. Yeah, but there's a lot more Donald Glover news involved with Amazon. Yeah, with Amazon as well. But he, first, he's got he's got a deal. Yeah, he has a deal. But first, the Atlanta season three and four are being filmed back to back the season, the filming starting next month. And Donald Glover has exited FX and has a multi year eight figure overall deal with Amazon that's uh it's going to be from movies to TV well, shows. Will that include figures? Atlanta? No, Atlanta's staying at FX. Atlanta's right. the last thing he's doing at FX. That's why season three and four are being filmed back to back. And he's already tweeted that the only show on television history that'll be able to fuck with Atlanta after these two seasons are The Sopranos. He says them and The Sopranos will be the best television show ever. And I'm just like... <laughs> What? Over the wire? You're putting the Sopranos and yourself over the wire? But that's a that's big. That's big words. He better live it up with Atlanta. I'm hyped for that. Hype for this Mrs. Mr. Mrs. Smith and hype for this Amazon deal. It just it goes back to what we're saying. HBO Max and Amazon are the best streaming services when it comes to quality. And Amazon is like, you know what, HBO Max? We're going to show y'all we come. We got Donald Glover. We coming. Yeah, Mr. and Mrs. Smith as a series is an interesting concept and you know putting donald glover and phoebe waller bridge as the two leads is also very interesting too and phoebe waller bridge is big and flea bag on amazon she got some big clar blanche over there you know donald glover i can't really think of a lot of instances where i've seen him done doing a lot of action so like this is like a really big action role for him phoebe waller bridge same boat so i'm really interested to see what they do with this series and Knowing that it's with Amazon and Donald Glover is in this big deal with Amazon. Eight figures? That's huge, bro. And, That's multi-million. You know, they're going to be, you know, and Francisco Sloan, who wrote for Atlanta and Fargo, who's also in this Amazon deal. You know, Amazon is trying to put some good content together here. And, you know, I'm interested in it. I never saw the Mr. and Mrs. Smith movie, but I don't really think that has anything to do with, like, <laughs> it, what this is going to be. I mean, it, I assume they're both the going to be hitmen. 
I, I assume they're both going to be hitmen and it's going to be something married and like they're out to kill each other. Are they are they get assigned yeah. to kill each other? That's basically what the Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie movies is. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully, I mean, they do something like that, but I wouldn't be mad if they don't have the let's kill each other angle and like it comes on slowly. Like we see them both doing like like I, I think that would be cooler. Than, than just overall jumping into oh we have to kill each sure I, I think I did that's that's the thing I can't really comment too much on the film Mr. Smith because I never saw it but um, it was I but, but I can imagine that like the build up of them two being hit people will be like, better like having yeah like getting a progressive like I can imagine it probably be like eight episodes so like four you know three episodes of them like building this up and then like you know five or four episodes of them like fighting shit. If they want to do multi seasons, I wouldn't be mad if they waited to do to where they get the target at the end of the season to mess with each other. And I would love if they did missions together and like they like they work like, you know, where they did their own things, but they did missions together sometimes and like they build it up, they build it up and then boom, they got to kill each or other. Or like their individual missions are starting to lead up to, to each other. Yeah, and they're other, trying yeah. to hide it from each other. That'd be ill. Yeah. I, I, I'd like that as well. But next up, we got Kiki Palmer and Daniel Kaluuya next to star in Jordan Peele's new movie. Love seeing Daniel going back with Jordan Peele. Interesting with Kiki Palmer. This could be a big breakout role for her. She needs it. She needs uh, it bad. Yeah. I mean, so I, she wasn't bad in Hustlers, though. Well, that's the thing. Like, you know, she's been trying to jump into like her adult actress life. role yeah. and, and her life. And, you know, Jordan Peele's giving her a shot. She's like the main headliner for this movie beside Daniel Kaluuya. So, and you know, Daniel Kaluuya is really the headliner, if we be honest, especially after what we saw yeah. this week. So, you know, and, but good and for, for what Palmer. he did with uh, Jordan Peele in the past. We'll and get, get out. out so. Yeah, but this, we're going to talk, we're going to get into that. I'm going to save all that for later, but well, you're we'll absolutely save, yeah. right. Yeah. But next up, we got some trailers. Let's, Let's have start. JL first. No, no, no. That's last. <laughs> I got a lot to say about that. That is last. <laughs> we got to right, do, right. we got to do Cruella first. I was thoroughly surprised. And I was actually, I actually liked the trailer. I'm glad you said that because there's been a lot of hate and I'm like, why? Why? Why, why? are people hating? Because this looks super hype. Like this looks like I- I've tweeted this morning. This looks like a Batman villain. Yeah, it looked pretty good. I mean, like she reminds me of Michelle the Joker Pfeiffer. and Harley Quinn mix. Oh, oh, I was about to say she reminded me of Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman. That too. I mean, if you if you mix Harley Quinn, Catwoman and Joker, I feel like that's Corella DeVille right now. What was the hate you were seeing? Just a lot of people were like, oh, we've been waiting all this, all this time for this. What did you expect? Like, yeah, exactly. What did you expect? Y'all I want? feel like I was more hesitant before seeing the trailer because I'm like, what are you going to do with Corella DeVille? Like, mm-hmm. Am I really going to care about seeing a Corella DeVille movie? Is it going to be like too kitty for I know, love that they're me? making her this badass woman, businesswoman that's trying to come up. That's fire. And she's, you know, a, a crime lord and, and that's her whole whole bag and she's crazy and I'm totally digging it. And I think Emma Stone, you know, barring accent, uh, you know, I, I really dig it and I'm, I'm into it. And I like all the times they showed the Dalmatians and they're barking at her, just yeah. eating four shots. I loved all. I, I like the trail. I was, I was thoroughly surprised. Let's talk jail. I try to wait. No, wait, I got to get the line right. I got to get the line right. Hold on. I got I got to get this line right. Just give me one second. Just give me one second. I got to get the line right, because if I don't, I'm going to be sad that I didn't get the line right. Just give me one second. Al Pacino, Godfather three. Give me one second. Just when I thought I was out, they keep 
pulling me back in. <laughs> Just when I thought it seems I like was it's a completely different movie. Bruh! Bruh! Schubert, like, I was out. I was 100% out. I was telling people, no, let's not watch this. Why did I have to go drop this fire-ass trailer? I, I, I may just Bro, watch Granny the trailer goodness, over and over again. Granny goodness is in this fucking movie. What are we talking about, dog? Like... <laughs> Like when we were watching, when when I was watching this trailer, I was like, "Where are the scenes that I'd seen before?" <laughs> like I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't recognize the movie. I was like, "What is this movie?" Like I don't, I don't recognize this. It seems like a completely different movie than what I saw before. Look, I'm going in with zero expectations. I got, I'm not, I'm not. Uh, look, I'm hype. I'm more because because before I was at negative hundred. Didn't want to see it. Didn't give a fuck about it. Now they pulled me back in. I'm going to watch it. I am excited, but I have zero expectations. No matter what happens in this movie, I'm still on the board line, on the bandwagon of we're doing Robert Pattinson's universe. We're doing Suicide Squad, James Gunn. We're getting the Batman Beyond stuff with Michael Keaton. I'm, that's what I'm sold on. But if this movie is successful, I would love to see this version of the Justice League come back as the Justice Lords, as the crime syndicate, because I think that would be a good nod to be like, oh, y'all hated us. We're going to make y'all we're going to make us the villains uh, versus this new Justice League that y'all are creating. Well, it's, it's difficult because like. Besides uh, Ray Fisher and Ben Affleck, all those people are returning again. Well, not Henry Cavill. No, he's not. Oh, well, that's true. That's and, true. And the thing is, you can it, I'm fine if the evil Diana is Gal Gadot and Gal Gadot's good Diana. I'm cool with that. Aquaman, same thing, because they're gods. I, I, I just think that would be very interesting to do. But nonetheless, I'm excited for this movie. I do think if it does well, there's potential for us to get our Batman TV show with Ben Affleck. That's what the rumors are right now with Deathstroke. Pay him a, a crap ton of money. I wouldn't be mad at that, but I just don't think Ben Affleck's doing that again. Just from everything I've heard from him talking about it. He said it was the worst time of his life. The only reason why he did it is because his kid made his kids happy. He got no satisfaction of it. And he just wants to direct again and get back on making dramas and whatnot. So I just feel like this is a, a thank you to the fans. Zack Snyder's done. Everybody's done, but we can at least embrace that we're getting this movie. We, now. we can at least go back and look at the Justice League and be like, okay, it wasn't complete shit. Yeah, and it was Joss Whedon's fault. Like, honestly, yeah. if this is good. Joss Whedon is about to be damn near blacklisted. Besides the shit with Ray Fisher, because that shit is fucked. We stand with Ray, but Joss Whedon about to be blacklisted if this shit is good, because it's like, bro, you you ruined Justice League. And there's a reason why Marvel went with the Russo brothers over you because you started making shit movies. That's true. I mean, you know, after Avengers, he did it, you know, Age of Ultron, which was trash, which is hit or miss. Some people like it, some people don't. And I think and I honestly don't think the OG of I think the OG Avengers done by the Russo brothers would have been a better film. Probably. Probably. So, but uh, look, like I said, just when I thought I was out, they keep pulling me back in. <laughs> yeah. So I was yeah, shocked. Like, like you said, bro, where are the scenes we saw already? Like, what, what the fuck? And then Jared Leto's Joker where, at the where, end. Where's that amber tone camera <laughs> with like the weird, the weird uh, CGI going on? I got to say, Jared Leto's Joker. I ain't fuck with that line. Everybody was like, ooh, Jared Leto. 
I thought he's that gonna was be bullshit. In there for, that's all he's gonna be in there. Exactly. For, like, two seconds. That's Get out of here. You're Dunskies. But I'm excited to see Dark Side, Granny Goodness, uh, Green Lantern. I even think Steppenwolf looks better than the humanoid Steppenwolf they did. Like, no matter what, it's a CGI character. I don't like the design of this one. Didn't like the design of the other one, but at least I think this one's better. Yeah, my whole thing, again, with like this being a completely different movie, was like, did you did they get the people back to re- reshoot? Well, they did. Stuff? They got they got some of them like Henry Cavill didn't come back, but they got they got a lot of them. Well, I mean, it's even saying that with Henry Cavill coming back. I'm like, where were these scenes that I, I don't even recognize? Like Black just, suit Superman. They fu- like, why didn't they give us that? Like, what was that just makes me think like everybody who's working on the Justice League knew the, the film we got are just idiots. <laughs> like, yeah. Just idiots, bro. And idiots. I'm and I'm glad there's new people in charge of everything. Cause if it's if it was those same people, God help us, DC would be in the shitter. All right. Well, moving off the trailers, we're gonna talk about a director who uh, one at one time did do a DC movie, Tim yeah. Burton. He's back to directing. He's gonna be uh, doing a Netflix series with Wednesday Adams, a live action series. Isn't that about to come um, out like soon? Soon. Uh, Netflix has given the coming of age series an eight episode order uh, based on the character originally created by Charles Adams. Wednesday is a young adult series described as a sleuthing, supernaturally infused mystery chart charting Wednesday Adams years as a student at Nevermore Academy. She attempts to master her emerging psychic ability thwart a monstrous killing spree that has terrorized the local town and solve the supernatural mystery that has embroiled her parents 25 years ago all while navigating her new and very tangled relationships at Nevermore. Sounds like the chilling adventures of Sabrina. Yeah, it does. It's, it makes sense why they canceled it, too, because they got the new Tim Burton series. But, you know, I'm, I'm down for it. I'll check it out. It sounds pretty good. You know, it, I didn't exactly I, I didn't really like the chilling adventures of Sabrina, but I mm. feel like this take on that sort of thing would be a little bit more interesting, especially having a Tim Burton behind it makes me a little bit more inclined to want to check this out because I, I trust Tim Burton a little bit more. Yeah. Um but but yeah and, and the and the thing about Chilling Adventures of Sabrina too is that we're so used to Sabrina the Teenage Witch TV series and like all the cartoons that were based off that that like seeing that version of Sabrina, which wasn't like what I was expecting for the Wednesday Adams. This is exactly what you would expect from her. Mm-hmm. And like, I was Adam, Adam's family fan growing up, especially the cartoon series. And uh, I'm, I'm really interested in this man. Like I, I like the Adam's family movie. I like the, the stuff that came up with it. And, um, Oh, it doesn't I, have I, a I'm release. Watch this. It doesn't have a release date. I just saw the post. They're just making it. Yeah, I saw the poster that said Wednesday and I was I thought it was coming soon, but that's the name of it. OK, yeah, no, this is lit. I'm excited for this. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be pretty cool. So definitely uh, an interesting thing by Netflix doing this. Uh, but moving into the next story, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse 2 may have its super villain, the spot. Yeah, it does. Uh, I saw that. The spot's abilities include uh, accessing and manipulating portals in any space fitting the style of a drawn comic or an animated film. These portals appear as black spots, hence the name. Usually the spot utilizes his power to have his foes punch themselves in the face, as Mm -hmm. seen in the cover photo. However, his uh, powers have been used in more sinister plots uh then stop punching yourself opportunities in several of these cases spots powers are hijacked by far more dangerous criminals hint hint to cause even more mayhem in the heroes he fights most most often daredevil and spider-man 
Look, there's a great uh, on Spider-Man, the 90s animated series, uh, the arguably the best Spider-Man cartoon of all time. Don't at me. It's true. It's the second best superhero cartoon, probably behind the Batman, the animated. Well, not second best. It's 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 behind all those Batman and DC cartoons. But in terms tough, of Mar- the X-Men ones, are pretty yeah, good that's what I was saying. In terms of Marvel, it's it's Marvel's second best cartoon behind X-Men because X-Men is really good. But that 90s Spider-Man, there's an episode with Spot and Kingpin utilizes him, takes over his powers as Doc Ock does as well. But basically, he's like a portal. He can get to other dimensions in the multiverse. He's very he's a very powerful being. So that'll be a way probably for us to either get Miles Morales out of his Earth and go to someone else's Earth or get the people back from those other Earths to his but I think to make this movie very interesting it would be good for us to be fighting spot and then we go to per se uh, let's with uh, Silk's uh, dimension that we saw the girl Spider-Man that we saw we go to hers or or, or pig Spider-Man or we just we, we would have to go through all these different earths of the different Spider-Man instead of being on you know, there's even rumors Earth. that they would go even farther into that talking about the Spider-Man the animated series there's been talks that the the actor who voiced that Spider-Man is going to be having a role in the Spider-Verse movie so, so yeah we're going to be we're we definitely dimension jumping yeah, yeah it's not it's not going to be on Miles Morales's earth this is us going through the different dimensions now pretty much and you know as a as me who thinks that into spider-verse one maybe one of the best comic book movies ever made it's pretty you good know, I, i'm pretty excited about this and the idea of uh, incorporating spot as the villain in the next movie don't you think it's the best spider-man movie of all time Yes, 100%. Crazy. Over Spider-Man 2. Wow. But I yeah. do I do have it number two. I love that fucking movie. So I'm excited for this. This this is going to be great. But next up, we got after playing FBI agent, after playing an FBI agent in Judas and the Black Messiah, my guy, Jesse Plemons, is staying in the bureau. He's set to join Apple Studios' Killers of the Flower Moon, which Martin Scorsese is directing with Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro attached to the star. Let's man, go for Jesse Plemons, dog. I, I got a Jesse Plemons take that we're going to talk about when we talk about uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, but great. Good for Jesse Plemons. Uh, based on David Grant's bestseller in 1920s Oklahoma, Killers of the Flower Moon depicts the serial murders of m- members of uh, oil wealthy Osage Nation, a string of brutal crimes that came to be known as the Reign of Terror. Plemons will play lead FBI agents investigating the murder. Lily Gladstone is on board to play Molly Burkhart and Osage married to uh, Ernest Burkhart DiCaprio, who is the nephew of a powerful local rancher, De Niro. So my question is, DiCaprio the murderer or is De Niro the murderer? I don't know. Interesting. I'm excited. Read the this. book. This is big for this is big for Apple Studios. This is this is something that if I'm going to be watching the day it comes out, you the got thing is, the thing is now. You know, Scorsese, De Niro, DiCaprio, huge names. Jesse Plemons now, huge Big name, name. yeah, man. Those are four huge names he is, that makes me want to watch this. I'm going to wait to say my take, but in ter- I'm going to just wait. But, but just know Jesse Plemons is becoming one of those character actors that's those guys. And we're going to get to what I mean by that a little bit later. But this is huge. I'm excited for this. And, yeah, shout out to Apple. This is a big win. I know they backed huge up the win. bag. 
all, all, all of Steve Jobs' iPhone money going straight to De Niro, DiCaprio, and Scorsese. But good for them because they deserve and, and, it. And you know, because it's Scorsese, it's going to be three hours. Look, give it to me. I want four. <laughs> I want four. <laughs> Let's go. I just watched Taxi Driver again the other day. Like, that's how much I am a Scorsese guy. I need to watch King of Comedy again. But I'm excited for this. And hopefully, because The Irishman was good. But the Irishman wasn't great. And I feel like the Irishman wasn't great because it was a bunch of the old dogs and it didn't have a lot of youthful vigor in it. And the fact that we about to have Jesse Plemons and, and uh, DiCaprio with De Niro, that's going to liven up the De Niro because he was around old Joe Man Pesci, who was retired from acting, and Al Pacino, who was basically done. Like, it's going to liven De Niro up, and I'm excited for that. Yeah, me too. I, th- I think it's going to be... A, great <laughs> a great movie and yeah. apple tv got a got a real gem look i'm excited to see scorsese's next two works with dicaprio because we got this and we got the devil in the white city the uh the serial killer with the chicago shit so and and dicaprio's playing a serial killer in that one so it's gonna That's be what makes me think he may not be the serial killer in this, this one. one yeah he don't want to be in two two serial killers yeah that'd be wild uh it'd be interesting if it was de niro because we could see de niro going on his uh on his um What's that, guys? Anthony, Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. Uh, Silence of the Land. Yeah, Silence of the Land, Hannibal Lecter type shit. <laughs> I'd fuck with that. But either way, next up in the world of trash TV, which me and Schubert love, the real world is coming back to... Yes, let's go, bro. Coming back to Viacom after its most recent season streamed on Facebook Watch. Viacom CBS is nearing a new deal to revisit the series on Paramount+. Plus. Why not on CBS All Access? But- but- I, read, read more, read more with the original New York cast from the first season of the reality juggernaut titled The Real World Homecoming New York. The new series will launch March 4th, the same day that Paramount Plus is being rebranded from the current from its current form as CBS All Access. Oh, OK, the series Paramount will Plus uni- is CBS All Access. Got you. The series re- will reunite the original cast and the iconic law feature in the first season. I was hyped for that. But, bro, why are we doing it? Just give us new people. It's it's a reintroduction into Paramount Plus. I feel like this is where you're gonna get that from in the future. All right, because I'm not hyped for us doing Homecoming, New York. Like we weren't alive for the OG cast. That's not even that's not even the 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 Los Angeles one with uh Jamie Chung that I remember. That's like the first one I remember. This might be the one with Kyle Brandt. Did you know Kyle Brandt from NFL Network was on Real World? No. I think this is his season. Well, damn. I'm not interested in this, but cool, whatever. I was I, I thought that this would be interesting because, you know, one, I didn't know that CBS All Access was becoming yeah, Paramount that's sho- Plus. That's shocking to me. So like that changes the game for Paramount Plus. In, it does. In my opinion. Yeah, it definitely. And, and with Real World coming back to do this, that's premiering on Paramount Plus right away. makes me think that this is like their introduction being like, hey, Real World and uh, I hope rules, you're right. like challenge stuff like stuff like that. That's coming on Paramount Plus. Be sure to make sure you get Paramount Plus for this content. I hope you're right, because I would love to have a new that would make me buy Paramount Plus is to get the new real world season with new people. I would love that shit. But now it makes sense why Paramount Plus had all those commercials on, on the Super Bowl because it was free. <laughs> now it makes sense because I was like, damn, Paramount Plus, they must have spent a lot of money on the Super Bowl. No, they didn't. <laughs> they own no. that shit. Exactly. Um, okay. Everything right. makes sense now. All right. Well, moving into something that we've been talking about and we're really hyped about HBO's House of Dragon. Mm-hmm. It's rounded out its main cast with the addition of uh, Reese Ifans, e- 
Steve Toussaint, Eve Best, and Sonia Mizuno. Toussaint's uh, Lord of House Valerion comes from a Valerian bloodline as old as House Targaryen, as the quote-unquote the Sea Snake, the most famed nautical adventurer in the history of Westeros, Lord, Lord Corlys, which is his title, build, built his house into a powerful seat that is even richer than the Lannisters and that claims the largest navy in the world. Danny Sampani uh, was previously in talks for this role, but Ephons will, will uh, or I'm sorry, Toussaint will now be in this. Ephons uh, will play Otto Hightower, the Hand of the King. Sir Otto lo- loyally and faithfully serves both his king and his realm. As the Hand sees it, the greatest threat to the realm is the king's brother, Damien, who's played by Matt Smith. Uh, and his position as heir to the throne. Um, Eve Best is cast as Princess uh, Renere's Valerion, a dragon rider and wife to Lord Corley's Valerion. The queen who never was, was passed over as heir to the throne at the Great Council because the realm favored her cousin Viserys, simply for being male. Uh, and Sonia Mizuno plays Masseria, who came to Westeros with nothing and has been sold more times than she can recall. She could have wilted, but instead she rose to become the most trusted and most unlikely ally of Prince Daemon Targaryen, the heir to the throne. Ooh, let's go. Okay, that sounds pretty good. Look, as long as they... I don't have... I, I guess there is, there's not a book to make us, like, you know, be like, ah, Mm-mm. this is... Okay, yeah, well... I'm in. Let's go. Just give us good storytelling, and this may redeem Game of Thrones for everybody. I mean, I feel like they're really setting up something that could span a few seasons on HBO, telling us this prequel of be the Game new, of Thrones. If you know, big, big for me, like uh, Rhaerys Valerion, a dragon rider. So we're gonna get a lot more dragons. We're that's get, fire. Like, dragon riders. You know, <laughs> that, that's, that's fire. That's what I'm really excited about from this story. Um, and, you know, some of the characters that they've described are characters that seem very Game of Thrones in the way that they've uh, been built up. Like the the guy who's the hand of the king or, mm-hmm. or the person who's the ally to the prince that was, you know, at one point sold a lot. You know, that it seems very like uh, Tyrion finding like a, a whore yeah. in um, the whorehouse. Like, like the dragon rider is the thing that got me that I just keep looking back at. So that that means we might get dragon battles. I'd be down for oh, that for sure. Like uh, sure. and and maybe big wolves like dire wolves and we're riding them. Like we might as well go full force with this shit. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I think like uh, this is definitely gonna be a refreshing take into the Game of Thrones Westeros world. I'm down. I'm so. down. Uh, from one thing that we were really excited about to something that we haven't been too excited about, Borderlands had just cast Jack Black to voice the role of Claptrap. And this Claptrap, makes me le- more not excited. <laughs> I'm not a Jack Black fan. Claptrap, Claptrap is a persistently sarcastic robot that isn't at all invested in the survival of his teammates. Throw this movie in the trash can. Yeah, so now we got what Jack Black, Kevin Hart... Kate Blanchett, um, Can Blanchett, and uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. What a weird fucking movie! Jesus, and and Kevin Hart's the star that's supposed to show us something we've never seen from Kevin Hart before. Well, Kevin Hart and Jack Black reuniting after Jumanji, where they did do well together, but <laughs> whatever, bro. Whatever. whatever on this movie, I need a trailer bad because this shit sounds trash. But next up, Jeff Goldblum and Michael Sarah and talks to star in Wes Anderson's new film. 
this could be big for Michael Sarah. But, you know, Michael Sarah, we haven't seen him in a lot of big stuff in a while, and this could be huge for him. And Jeff Goldblum, I feel like, has been... Uh, it's been like the Jeff Goldblum Assange. I, I don't even know if it's been the Jeff Goldblum Assange. I feel like everything that Jeff Goldblum has been in, he's been playing a caricature of Jeff Goldblum. Mm, well, the only reason why I say it, well, it's, it's probably not the Assange. It's more so that women think he's a zaddy, and he's been, like, yeah. having his pictures all over Twitter, and just people have just been fucking with Jeff Goldblum, the person. So that's why when you say he's been playing himself, you're kind of right. Yeah, because I keep thinking of his MCU character where, like, I just feel like he's just being like, I'm Jeff Goldblum being Jeff Goldblum. That's exactly what it is. So hopefully this is good. But Wes Anderson usually makes good movies. This makes me think it's going to be more comedical, uh, more comical, which he normally does. So it'll be interesting to see. Next up, Regina King is set to star in in produce Shirley, the feature film biopic about Shirley Chisholm, America's first black congresswoman. The film produced by participant will be written and directed by Oscar winning filmmaker and current writer of the next wait, wait, current, current writer of the new Batman comic, the next Batman, John Ridley, with production expected to begin later this year. The story tracks Chisholm's 1972 presidential campaign, a groundbreaking historical moment given was described as an intimate behind the scenes portrayal of one of the most groundbreaking political leaders of our time. Hold on. Let me just show what John Ridley's doing while you talk about what you like about this. What I, what I really like about this and, you know, I'm sure Lyndon will attest to this, especially when we talk about Judas and the Black Messiah is that all of the stories that are being told about Black history, especially with what the Regina King did with One Night in Miami, have been really captivating for someone like me who doesn't know much about it. So, Bruh, like, what have I told you about Black mo- Black movies that aren't necessarily no Black movies that are about history? What What have I always said? Get away from fucking slave movies and give us these stories about actual heroes or actual events that put that happened outside of the slave era. Like black people have been more than slaves. Like there's a shit ton of years where they weren't captive, where they weren't slaves. And this is the stories that we need. Black Klansmen, Judas and the Black Messiah, One Night in Miami. Now this it just shows you that these stories are worthwhile telling, like you said. And and I feel like this, especially where we are in, um, in society at the moment, a lot of people who are in Hollywood that are people of color are wanting are to sick tell of that these shit stories. Too. You heard They're it in like, Malcolm and Marie when they made the joke about John David Walsh. It's like, I'm not trying to tell a fucking slave movie. I'm just trying to tell a fucking movie. This is John Ridley's work right now. Some of the best stuff. He's written the Black Batman, Tim Fox. I'm loving it. Incredible. So this makes me excited that she's working with John. And like I said, the two best actresses in Hollywood to me right now are Amy Adams and Regina King. They're tied. So anytime we get to see more Regina King working, this is big for I think this is Oscar bait waiting to happen. For sure. Um, Yeah, I mean, I didn't know much about this when I first saw the story and then I read into like, how uh, Chisholm was 1972 presidential campaign. I'm like, yep. there was a black lady who ran for president in 1972. And it's just like stuff, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah or whatever. Uh, before I watched it, my girlfriend's like, oh, this is about Fred Hampton. And like, I don't really know who Fred Hampton is. And so like, and then I watched the movie. I'm like, and so it's just like, yep. so like stories like this, I'm, I'm just super interested in because it's just parts of history that I've never been told before. So like, I'm really interested in what the Regina King is going to do with this. It's a good, you know, especially seeing that she's going to be producing as well. And you know, what she's done with directing 
it's a good it's a good era for black stories, Latino stories, Asian American stories. This is what people mean. Or this is what I mean when they talk about diversity, giving these creators the the money to tell their stories, not just casting a woman in a superhero role just because she's a woman, not just casting a black person in this superhero role because they're black. No, giving these people creative control and giving talented people the chance to tell their stories. And we're seeing every time you do it with good intentions, it works. Crazy Rich Asians, Judas and the Black Messiah, One Night in Miami. Now this, we need more Latino stories because you notice I couldn't I couldn't say one right there. But that's what that's what I'm saying. When we need to give more people the opportunities, it's not about just doing cat making casting for diversity sake. I mean, look at fucking uh, the best movie of 2018 um, Parasite. Like, that's what we're talking about, about being diverse. That's at least what I'm talking about. Yeah, definitely. Um you know, we'll talk about it even more when we talk about Judas and the Black Messiah. But this this seems like a really interesting idea that uh, Regina King and and, um, and John Ridley are going to put together. You know what we need? We need a a, a Che Guevara movie from Cuba. Like, let's like give us some some of these stories, man. Like, give us some Latin um, Latino American hero stories like. That's what I want. Like, I want to learn, like, the way you're learning about black culture through some of these movies. I want to learn about Asian culture. I want to learn about Latino culture. Like, give us some of these stories. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, tell the truth. Like, I feel like um, what was really cool about Judas and the Black Messiah is They were honest. They were honest. I mean, like, we'll talk about it when we review the movie more. But, I mean, there's people that are in there that, you know, maybe you're not you're supposed to root for but they aren't necessarily good people like you know we're talking about like keith's character and so and then then uh, the whole idea of what judas what the what fred hampton's doing and like some of the people that he's supporting is doing like there's so many gray areas but they told the truth and that's what made that movie great but we're going to talk more about it but shout out to regina king fucking amazing love it all right, so the next story we got is Godzilla versus <laughs> Kong director Adam Wingard. He's gonna he's set to make a, a, a sequel for Face Off. Is it a sequel uh, or is it a reboot? That's what they they started with the reboot and then they came back and said that it's going to be a direct sequel. So we're getting but John Travolta and Nick Cage again? I don't think so. I think like, it's going to get two new I, peeps. I think it. I think it's going to be two new peeps, but it's going to be like the same kind of deal that resulted in that Face Off or. I haven't seen the movie in a while to remember like what exactly the whole thing entails, but yeah. one was a criminal and he broke free and yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, yeah. I remember the, the gist is face up. I don't remember like what happened with like what made them switch or whatever. I'm hyped for this. Cause it, it could be fine. It just depends on who the two people are. It really does. But you know, I'm, I'm interested in it, but like, I'm still just waiting and see. Same, same. Uh, but uh, next up, Will Eubank and Christopher Landon are teaming up to direct a new paranormal activity film um, that's <laughs> set to release March 4th, 2022. Eubank will helm the project directed as a new and unexpected retooling of the highly lucrative franchise. Landon returns to write his fifth paranormal uh, movie and will executive produce. My but boy my will fa- stay putting paranormal activity in the notes. My boy loves I- some p- paranormal activity. Well, one of my favorite memories of Linden of all time is when we went to the 1015 showing of Paranormal Activity, I think four. And like this dude <laughs> is just like yelling at the screen the whole time. It's the most hilarious thing I've ever seen. And built into all the stereotypes of black people at movies, at scary it's movies. It's only horror movies, man. I like, it's like, don't go in that room, bitch. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's only horror movies that I do that type of shit in. But like, it's awesome, man. Like everybody in the theater was loving it. They were with, they were, they were down with it too. It was like, there were like any, everybody in theater. It was just like this one couple in the back, but it was just like the four of us. <laughs> and we were watching that movie. It was one of my favorite movie going experiences for sure. So I always <laughs> like to throw in a paranormal activity <laughs> when I can. Hopefully this one's good. Hopefully. Hopefully. The last ones have been trash. Yes. That's a fact. But all right. Next up, we got these a bunch of Cartoon Network announcements. So Total Drama Island will return with two new seasons on HBO Max. The, ma- the Amazing World of Gumball is getting a movie in development. I believe that's going to be on HBO Max. HBO Max has also unveiled the first look image of the streaming's upcoming Aquaman series. The family-oriented King of Atlantis will be a three-part miniseries with Aquaman movie director James Wan on board as the executive producer. The show will reportedly tell a standalone stories laced with ecological and ethical themes. The series begins with Aquaman's first day on the job as King of Atlantis, and he's got a lot of catching up to do. Luckily, his two royal advisors back him up. Vocal, the scholar, and Mara, the water-controlling warrior princess. Between dealing with unscrupulous surface dwellers elder evils from beyond time and his own half brother who wants to overthrow him Aquaman is going to have to rise to the challenge to prove to his subjects and to himself that he's the right man for the trident also Peacemaker will release January 20 January 2022 so right at the start of the new year so yeah. This Aquaman series, the picture of it, I'm not really digging this. It looks like Super it Jail, looks, but not in a good way. To me, it looks like Adventure Time or like, uh, what was that, Steven Universe. And not in a good way. Yeah. So I'm not really interested in that Aquaman stuff. Like uh, at all. But, uh, but up top, you know, amazing Gumball movie. I'm hyped for that. Yeah, that. I love Gumball. Gumball is one of the best cartoons of its era, man. Gumball to me is better than Adventure Time. Don't at me. Do not Oof. at me. The best cartoons post the 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 high era of KND, Ed, Ed, and Eddie, Dexter, that era of cartoons. I know you do the Chowder, Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. Like That's like its own era. Flapjack, that era is trash. Yeah. The, the next era is like regular show, Steven Universe, Gumball, Adventure Time. Regular show and Gumball are the two best shows of that era. Do not at me until you watch Gumball and see all that crazy shit that goes on. Don't tell me about Adventure Time. Don't tell me about that shit. Hot uh, take. Yeah. And I feel like um, when you're talking about that era too, Total Drama Island falls into the bottom of that of that group. And before it's a great era, it's still, is, it's still a solid show. Mm-hmm. You know, Total Drama Island, I feel like was like a kid's introduction to the real world to to yeah to <laughs> reality TV. TV. And like I, I found that show to be really really interesting. And I'm hoping that the two new seasons of HBO Max are going to explore different characters and and k- take away from the characters that they had had before. They've I hope they go a little out. more. I hope they go a little more adult with it. I would love it too, because that would be but fire. That would be very, very interesting if they went more adult with it, made it more of like a, a an adult. Show. Yeah, it is kind of a teen show, but you know, more of a teen show, I guess yeah, is what you're saying. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I think this is all really interesting. HBO Max definitely doing a lot in the cartoon space, which is something which I love. They should really lean into and excel in because they can tell really great stuff on the HBO side, but you know, on the Cartoon Network side, they can really do some some great stuff as well on the streaming. For kids, so. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. And I and I believe based on the success of Invincible, the new Amazon cartoon that's coming, the adult animated series, the Blade Runner 
cartoon that's part of the Crunchyroll Toonami deal that before Crunchyroll fully transfers to Funimation, that's going to be on HBO Max. I believe based on the two success of those two things, we will start to see more adult animated stuff from Cartoon Network. And that is what I want. Like, take some of these comic books and turn them into adult animated shows. And that's why I believe if if Invincible is successful and if Blade Runner, the new anime, is successful, we're going to see more anime, adult animated stuff coming from HBO Max because Crunchyroll just partnered with Idris Elba to do a black futuristic sci-fi story, which I'm excited about. That's going to be some cowboy bebop trigon s story but with black people like i'm like give me more of that tell anime is huge it's one of the biggest mediums in the world right now adult animation has always been great for america in terms of comedy but now as the older generation who didn't respect animation is getting older and, and phasing out and the generation that loves animation is coming up we should see more adult animated action stuff because we accept that we love that shit more so than the previous generation. And I think we're seeing that. For sure. Yeah. I think this, this is all really great stuff that HBO Max is doing. And, you know, I, I'm I, I, think, I think that's what, almost what sets them apart from some of these different streaming sites because they can do both so well. And, and that's like, why I applaud Amazon because Amazon's attempting it right now. They're trying. They're, they're trying. trying. If it, I, I'm telling you, Invincible is going to be a success and that's going to put Amazon in HBO Max at the top. And granted, Netflix is trying it too. We're seeing them with do Castlevania. It with Castlevania. They're about to do the new Witcher anime series and they, they have some stuff. But that's true. I mean, and they tried with like the comedic stuff, like Disenchantment, which but didn't like you said, play out. HBO Max has Toonami and Cartoon Network with it, which is just a huge boom. That's why Netflix is trying to do with Nickelodeon right now. I'll, we'll see how that plays out. But HBO Max is in prime territory to have the best versions of what we're talking about. You got Tarnikowski on on speed dial. Like Tarnikowski's primal was good for a reason. Like you got that guy. You can call uh, JG Quintel, who's shown he can make an action show. Regular show was an action show. Like whether you want to say that or not. Like you have so many people. You have the Batman animated team of Bruce Tim and Paul Dini. There's so many creatives that are in that Warner Brothers array of animation. It's just up to HBO Max to give them the money and the funds to do it. For sure. So, yeah, you know, but I'm excited about that. But now it's time to get into the segment of the show where we suggest a movie or TV show that's coming out this week for you guys to check out. It is called Movie on the Rise. Schubert, I'll start first just because mine is like some some reality shit. So I, I'm big on food television. Like anytime there's a food show on television, I like to check it out. And the fact that HBO Max has one that just is like, yo, I got to watch this. So it's called The Event. It's out now. Basically, this is a show that takes you into the world of celebrated chef Wolfgang Puck and his company, which has catered some of the most prestigious and high profile events in entertainment. Get a look behind the scenes of what's going on before those trays of delectable appetizers and main dishes make their way into high society and Hollywood parties. Each episode centers around a different event from the SAG awards to the premiere party for the HBO series Westworld. Look, I'm big on celebrity chefs like Bobby Flay, Gordon Ramsay, but the first one was Wolfgang Puck. So to see how his team works and how they cook, I feel like this is a different take on cooking shows and on food television. So to like, I'm excited to watch this. This is going to be interesting. This is almost like documentary style. 
yeah, it does sound pretty interesting. And, you know, we do like a good food show. That's a fact. Uh, for me, I have the I Care A Lot, the Netflix movie with Rosamund Pike about where she's scamming old people. Oh. Uh, that, yeah, we, t- we talked about that uh, a couple weeks ago when we watched uh-huh. the trailer. Oh, yeah, and, the trailer um, was pretty good. Yeah, so that comes out on Netflix this weekend and on Amazon oh. on February 19th. Uh, Tell Me Your Secrets comes out, which uh, is from the pro- producers that made Big Little Lies and The Undoing. Oh. Uh, it's an intense, morally complex thriller revolving around a trio of characters, each with a mysterious and troubling past. Emma is a young woman who once looked into the eyes of a dangerous killer. John is a former ser- former serial predator, just desperate to find redemption. And Mary is a grieving mother obsessed with finding her missing daughter, Teresa. As each of them is pushing is pushed to the edge, the truth about their pasts and motives grow even murky- murkier. Blurring the lines between victim and perpetrator. So in this uh, in this series, you'll see Lily, Lily Rabe, who was in The Undoing as the, the lawyer. She plays uh, Emma. Uh, Anna Brenneman plays Mary. And um, Hamish Linklater uh, plays John. So. Oh, all right. This sounds lit. You got two things I'm checking out. Like, like I see why you said on pre-pro that Saturday, you're just going to stay at home and watch movies. I'm, I look... I care a lot. It's something that I'm watching this weekend. And tell me your secrets. Sure. The undoing and Big Little Lies creators giving us a, a thriller on the Amazon. Episode thriller on Amazon. That's done. We watch. Is that weekly? Because we're going to come. If it's weekly, that's a new show to hold us hold over. On, tell Invincible. On. Is that weekly? Or is it dropping all at once? Either way, we're going to review that. We, <laughs> we're in our thriller oh, bag right it's now. It's dropping all at once. Oh, we're reviewing this. This is getting reviewed. We might do it. We might do it in like two parts. Like one week, we talk like the first three and then keep and split it up like that. But we'll see how it goes. Yeah, we got to talk about this show, man. When, until we get to Invincible for a weekly show. But we're going we're gonna to try to stretch this out. Tell me your secrets. Fire. I'm ready for that. Liddy. All right. Let's start off with. Oh, and, and it takes place in Louisiana. Oh, even better. Mention that. Even better. Go. All right, it's time for the review portion of the show where we're reviewing the newest and latest things that are out. Let's start off with WandaVision. Weakest of the three things we're reviewing, and that's no disrespect to WandaVision. No disrespect to it, because this was a really crazy episode, the Halloween spooktacular, um, vibes coming on right at the gate of Malcolm in the Middle. Yep. Uh, The theme song, I looked it up when I was uh, doing... They just um, skipped the 90s, though, which is crazy. They're like, yeah, fuck the 90s. We're going straight well, to the 2000s. Malcolm in the Middle was kind of the 90s. It was 90s, 2000s. True, true, true. true. Um, but the theme song, which has some really crazy lyrics that I didn't even think about when I was watching it, but I'm reading it over in the review. It says, don't try and fight the chaos. Don't question what you've done. Some days it's all confusion. Easy come and easy go. But if it's all illusion, sit back, enjoy the show. Let's keep it. Let's keep it going. Let's keep it going through each distorted day. Let's keep it going. Let's keep it going through. There may be no way of knowing who's coming by to play. Mm, bars. Bars. <laughs> bars. That's a shot. Yo, Vision is in trouble, man. But Vision not alive. Like, this is so weird to me of how Vision's like, I need to find out the truth. I need to find out the truth. But if dude goes outside of Westview, will he just like collapse and like die? He did. That's what happened in the episode. He did go out of Westview and he did collapse and, and nearly and, die. Okay, okay. See, I, I haven't watched it. Like, I watched it so long ago that I was just like, forgot what happened. But yeah, man, crazy, crazy. So, you know, Pietro is here with Evan Peters and everyone at this point is thinking, oh, she recast Pietro. This is Dude's uh, a villain. 
that's the thing. Like as more and more has progressed past the episode and I'll pull up some of the stuff that I did the research on. Um, Evan Peters is only playing Pietro at the moment. He mm. is, he might be, end up being the big bad. That's and what I cast think. cast as the big bad. Um, so um, he said nightmare a lot of the time. A lot of moments in the movie mentioned the word nightmare. Uh, Scott Derrickson told IGN that he wanted to use nightmare and the dream dimension in the sequel of Doctor Strange before uh, Raimi took over. Mm. Um, and Elizabeth Olsen, you know, is supposed to be in that movie. Feige also revealed that the Disney Plus series WandaVision would directly set up into the film. Which he might be nightmare. About. He's either nightmare or Mephesto. I think he's nightmare. I could believe um, it. The commercial sequence with the shark uh was um directly used the the kind of talking that Pietro was doing with the kids. True. Like, here you go, dude. It was sucking the magic out of out of them. Mm. And so I feel like this is exactly uh what is happening with um with with that character right now and sucking the magic out of uh the people of Westview, as we've seen when he you go deeper farther out into the hex and some of the people are just like going through the motions of like doing things but aren't actually like alive Crazy. that was some horror s moment when you when you saw that shit yeah so you know we we saw that uh vision went out to the edge he talked to um uh katherine hans character i can't remember her name agnes agnes the witch yeah and so i agnes think she's was, a real like, witch. trying to leave mm-hmm. and she was stuck yeah, like when Vision like brought her and thought like she you know goes into this whole thing and go gives Vision a little bit more into what is actually going on. She's like, you know, Wanda's doing all this. Wanda's like in control. Blah, girl. Blah, blah. And Vision ends up leaving the hex because Vision leaves the hex. He's about to die. Wanda expands it, and so now we see like Cat Dennings is now in the hex. The mm-hmm. uh, uh, swords, Randall Pike. Um, Randall Park. Yeah, Randall Park and uh Randall Park and uh, Monica Rambo. Yep. They're they're possibly going to meet up with Reed Richards. Mm. Yo, you think Monica... they're gonna drop that bomb in this show? Well, Monica Rambo says that she has someone. That... I know I said that last week. That was an aerospace. Yeah. So they're not in the hex, they're going to do that. It's gonna be interesting. Yo, if they drop the bomb of Reed Richards in this series, I will lose my shit. That okay. I understand that um, Elizabeth Olsen said that there was going to be a Luke Skywalker s cameo. That's people the Luke thought it might be Pietro. That's the Luke Evans type cameo. That's the Luke Skywalker type cameo. If you drop the bomb of Reed Richards, I don't think that's coming next episode. That would be crazy. That would be lit. Yo, great episode though. I love Billy showing little Billy spe- as Speed, the new speedster. That's his powers mm-hmm. from the uh, comics. And then Wiccan, I loved his uh, his powers. And basically, I love their costumes because that's their costumes when they grow up in the yep. comics. I loved all of that. And also, you know, Wanda and Vision did had their, their OG, co- yeah, costumes. Thought that was dope. But yeah, my main thing of this is Pietro's a villain. Dude's trash. And I want. I'm I'm interested to see how Vision responds now. That he knows, like, oh, I'm dead and outside of this. You know, like I mentioned at the top of the show, that the next three episodes are all going to be an hour long. I'm wondering if we're even going to be messing with the uh, 
the idea of the TV show. I'm point, happy I feel like it's gone. More so, going to be just it's, like it's, it's over, over with. It's time to get to some Marvel shit. I think we're at least going to see some of it in this next episode because I did see that there was like an episode that looked looked like Modern Family, and I feel like that's mm. what's coming up. Well, that's the final one because that's all the you know. If 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 they're if it's over, it's gonna be over after this one, like you're saying. And then the yeah. the last two are just straight Marvel shit. For sure. For Doctor sure. Strange yeah. gotta be coming too. Like it's time. Doctor Strange, what are you doing? You're a bad protector of the dimension if your ass doesn't realize what's going on over here. Exactly. What is he up to? Like, come on, bro. Like, leave Peter Parker alone. Like, he good. He don't need he you good. to be his Tony Stark. You need to go over there and mentor Wanda because she losing her shit. For sure, but I thought do, that was a pretty. Do we pretty think she's episode. gonna be a villain? Like, no. is she? I don't think she's the villain of this of this season. I really feel like this is the classic Spider-Man cartoon or the Batman cartoon where they're in a dream and they're having this nightmare and like they have to break free. Like, I feel like yes, this is her powers, but I feel like she's being manipulated in some form or fashion. Well, the fact is, is that she she got thrown into the situation and leaned into it. So yep. like. You know, people are like, oh, this is all Wanda. This is all Wanda. And she probably did lean into it and as part of this. The thing is, it's like when Batman and Batman animated series gets his world where he wants, where his parents are alive and everything, but he fights out of it. This would be if Batman accepted it and just stayed in that world and was like, yeah, I'm cool with this. Like, fuck y'all. So that's that's all I got on WandaVision. Yeah, same. All right. Uh, go to the your Judas honor? And Black oh, we going to Judas and the Black Messiah and then we're doing your honor last, even though yeah. Judas and the Black Messiah was the best thing. It was, but I mean, your honor is the finale. So yeah, yeah that's true. Some, that's true. What a great fucking movie. Like, I don't even know where to start that's with the this best movie. I've seen, I've seen this year. That's 100%. probably the be- That's probably better than any movie I saw last year. Maybe. Like Maybe. I'm being like, it was great, bro. And I think we should start off with t- just talking about the actors, because I texted you this. I feel like that J- Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield have submitted themselves as part of the the John David Washington, Adam Driver, Robert Pattinson group of these guys are the best actors in Hollywood right now. Number one, John David Washington. Number two, Adam Driver. Number three, Daniel Kaluuya. Number four, Robert Pattinson. Number five, Lakeith Stanfield. Is that off? Maybe. I don't know. I feel like Lakeith is up there, but I don't know if he's that up there. Mm, okay okay i'm not mad at that but you, you but you're not mad at daniel because daniel did his thing no i'm not mad at daniel i've, I've never i haven't really given get out the time that i needed to give it agree you know like too much of what daniel clue has done with that but uh i mean he killed us as, as as this like i'm you know when i was looking at like the real people he didn't necessarily look like fred hampton but it didn't but really the voice because like he got the voice he the got, the dialect, like, yeah. He got you know the feeling was there when when he hit the screen. Like when he hit the screen, it wasn't Daniel Clue. It was Fred no, Hansen. it was Fred Hansen. And like every time he did a speech, and me and my cousin shout out to Lil Reg. He Lil Reg told me to go check out the real life speeches compared to this. The same style, bro. Like it's the exact same, and like it, it gives you goosebumps just switching from Daniel Kaluuya saying the speech to Fred Hampton because the way how precise he was was insane, and that's what Fred Hampton Jr. was saying because they did a clubhouse with the Keith the night it was released. After I watched it, I actually jumped in that clubhouse, and he was like, "I got chills seeing Daniel be as my father," and my mom cried because it was so realistic to my dad. 
Wow. So crazy. These guys, these guys are up there. Also, let me shout out Jesse Plemons because I said I was going to say this earlier. Jesse Plemons is becoming one of the best character actors of this generation. He's not a leading man, but he is like when you when you talk best Oscar supporting role, that's Jesse Plemons. Well, when I was watching this movie, I was like, okay, well, I don't care who else, what other movies are out there. Like, this should be best film. This should be best supporting for Jesse Plemons or Lakeith Sanfield. That's what I was about to ask you. Who do you think is, because funny enough, it's Judas and the Black Messiah. And I saw some woke Twitter, like majority of people love this movie, but there was the contingency of like, oh, they didn't tell it from Fred Hampton's side. They told it from the, the snitches side. I'm like, y'all shut up. So whose perspective, who do you think is the leading man? Because I can make an argument that both Lakeith and Daniel deserve leading man nominations. I, I would make that same that same deal. Like, I feel like Lakeith really was the spearhead of he the, was, of the, he, he was. And that's what, and funny enough, bro, I'm so shocked that the Lucas brothers wrote this fucking film. Right. Like yeah. the comedians, the Lucas brothers from Lucas brothers moving company. Shout out to those fucking dudes, man. It just shows you can do whatever you want in this era. You can be a YouTube fucking a YouTuber that ends up becoming a comedian that ends up making the best movie of 2020, 2021, like applaud to those guys. And they said they're, they, they said that t- telling the Fred Hampton story, they always had hiccups in like telling his as a biopic. They said it became cheesy. It became too much. But then when they saw the all eyes on me or all eyes on you to documentary inter- interview with, uh, with uh, Lakeith's character, they said that changed everything Bill. because with Bill, because they made him the focal point and they have to be Scorsese fans because this 150% reminds me of Goodfellas and Henry Hill. Like it just gave me Scorsese vibes and the way this was pulled off was fucking incredible. It was. And I mean, I feel like telling that side of the story it was a little bit even more powerful because like you're seeing what J Edgar Hoover was as a person and you're seeing like what the FBI was throwing together with like the stuff that they had that new Haven guy who was going from like black Panther to black Panther. And like, just like uh, when, the when, stuff that they were putting together, just like to, to tear down black people, black people. I was just like, like bro, like, what the, the fuck? When people say that the, that the CIA and the United States government destroyed a generation of people, it's true. From this to cracking the hood, how were black people expected to survive, bro? Like they they did like it's insane to see the shit they got away with. Like, and that's why I thought Jesse Plemons did such a good job because you could see the moral conflict in him of like, I'm not doing this. He well, believed when he told question. Bill, when he told Bill that there's no difference between the Black Panthers and the KKK, and he found out what they really were, and he found out that they were, he was being lied to. And when they asked the question, like you were saying of, do you want your daughter to be with black man? It just made him so uncomfortable. You could see the moral dilemma on his face. And it was like, am I doing the right thing? Right. And then like, I was surprised that he was so nonchalant about like, here, drama the blueprint, like, and the kids like, you, you're going to kill him. Like, and then he like, no and choice. Then, but then, you know, goes and gives him like the poison to kill him after, which is still shitty. Yeah. But you Crazy. I can't believe the, he went through with that. Like, the, yeah, no, I cr- insane. And that's why Bill ended up killing himself after the interview was played because he knew it was over with him. It's, it's insane. Well, and, and, and the answer that he gave in that video at the end of the movie, I once like they played that out, I was like, what the fuck was that answer? Like the answer that he gave was so shitty 
And I was like, dude, like, what the heck? Because he's the he's in denial. He's in fucking denial. And gotta give my boy Martin Sheen some props for his J. Edgar Hoover. What a fucker. What a fucker. Dude, I was like, what a fucker. I was I was sitting here thinking, I'm like, man, we want to take like this dude's this person, this person's name off of shit. Like anything <laughs> that's named J. Edgar Hoover. He gotta go. <laughs> it, it gotta go. Like I wouldn't say Hoover in general because you got you know you got other Hoovers in the world, but like anything J. Edgar Hoover. Like, yeah, he gotta go. And and look, I love that they didn't stray away from like the fact that Fred Hampton was a Marxist. Fred Hampton believed in socialism. Fred Hampton was like about bringing everybody together. Like he did such good stuff of I'm going to talk to the racist Southerners about how maybe if the slaves the in the overseers, maybe if the slaves and the overseers teamed up against the masters, because that's that's what we talk about always on the bros who think podcast about how poor people, uh, I'm going to just say it, poor white people always fight against Latinos, Asians, black people, but they don't realize that rich white people are using that to make money. The fact that they're using y'all to, to make money. And we always talk about that. And that was exactly what that moment was. And as we see all of that good stuff, but in flip side, we see them killing cops. So they show the bad and the good. Yeah, and I loved true. it. And I, and it made it such a morally gray story. And I fucking loved it. That, that was the thing that I really did enjoy. I was like, okay, so you're, you're showing the good and the bad. Like we're not to, trying to paint the as, picture as of beautiful like, people. Cause like, of, yeah. It was as war. Everybody was in the shits like it was fucked. And I love the, the callback to Bobby Seal and how when Jay Edgar mm -hmm. was like, Trial I seven, wonder man. if he was cold. All it, yo, that was like when he was all bundled up. It was just like, ah, they did all this shit. They did all this shit, man. It's After this crazy. movie, I wanted to I want to go back and watch Trial of Chicago 7 just to like because I know who Fred Hampton is a little bit more. So like mm -hmm. that would, I would appreciate it a little bit better. And I'm also glad that they didn't play into that because yeah, like, that it wasn't, wasn't about Fred that Hampton story. But like it didn't have to do with anything of that. And if you want to do that, you can go watch Trial of the Chicago Seven. They knew that that movie was around. Yep. I mean, like it felt like a sister film. It did. And really but this didn't. one was better. Like I, this one it was better. This one, I, I when I say this one felt like a Scorsese film, but with real life, it blew my mind at how good this was. Like, let me give some of the people's names because in some of the moments, because. Man, yeah, but but I'll, I'll say like that um, that scene where like the dude shooting all the cops that he you know he was upset about it. Uh, God, what was his name? Like Jake or something like that. Oh, Jake Winters. Yeah, with the yeah. dude from you watched the new edition uh, biopic with the guy from the yes. new edition biopic. That, yeah, that's who he was from. I, I couldn't remember, but like the dude is just like Algie Win like, Algie Smith. Like popping cops in the face and stuff like that, and then like killed the dude. I was like, oh my gosh, dude! Like I. And then, like, his, the interview when his mom's talking to Fred Hampton, it's just, like, that's where the gray area comes in. It's like, yes, this yep. dude, like, shot a bunch of cops and killed a bunch of cops, but, he like, a he lot was of a good. human, and, like, he, you know, he was a... Also, he was gray hurt. area, even though the Black Panthers were killing people, at the same time, y'all instigate, like, the FBI instigated that and all the cops because all they were doing were feeding kids at free lunch, giving people medical supplies and health health care work for free and and that type of stuff. They were just policing their community and making sure it was better. And that was what was not allowed. Got to give a big shout out to Dominique Fishback as Deborah, uh, as Deborah. Oh, yeah. uh, mm -hmm. What's what's uh, oh man? Why won't they pull up her phone as Deborah of uh, Deborah Johnson? What an incredible role as Daniel, as Daniel Kalu, as uh, Fred Hampton's fiance and lover. She did phenomenal. She was in uh, she was in Project Power. 
they underutilized her. Like I, I diff, I, I saw a different actress. Like I did not like her in Project Power, and this I loved her. I thought she was well. It's like the same deal with like uh, the lady or the the girl who was in Spider Man Homecoming, and then was in Black Klansman. It's like two different actresses. Yep. Like, you know, exactly. When you play something that actually means something, you get a little bit more. Also, bit more, yeah. shout out to Dominique Thorne. That's Judy Harmon. When the scene with her, Lakeith, and the guy from Moonlight, Ashton Sanders, who played Larry Roberts, when they're in the car and they figure out when they're like, "Yo." What they mean when they was calling you a fed and they was calling you a cop and she had the gun to him and Lakeith had to hurry up and do the thing. Such an incredible scene. Incredible, incredible scene. I love the scene when Jesse Plemons first interrogates Lakeith when he's like, you got five years for uh, stealing an extra or you got three years for uh, stealing this car an extra five for impersonating a federal officer. And just the way that he interrogated him. Love that. Uh, well, and it was so juxtaposition of like, their relationship, which seemed, and he even talked about how he was like a mentor to him. And then like, and then he, he makes the phone call and he's like, I want out. I can't do this anymore. And he's like, well, you owe me five years. Yeah. And it's like, none of that like, mattered. Crazy. And then the like, scene oh. of, I love every time they meet because it gets progressively worse and worse and worse. The first time when he invites him to his house, like, yo, eat, let's smoke cigarettes. Let's like that was his payment at first. But then Bill was like, no, I'm a little smarter than I want money. And then Jesse was like, all right, well, you're not coming to my house no more. It's not that serious. We're going to meet. We're going to meet elsewhere because he was using that as payment. We went to the steakhouse. Yeah, we're going to pay you money. And then the fact that he that the last one where he was like, I'm going to offer you a gas station. He was like, well, I'm out. Cool. My life is. over. No, bro, you still got to be with the Panthers. You did to get this gas station. You still got to do it. And when he was when he was shaking his hand and he put the thing in his pocket, I was just like, oh, oh what a moment. Beautiful acting by Lakeith. I'm trying to think of some more scenes that were just incredible. Um, the scene where the stuff the stuff about um, Jake, Jake's friend who was in the hospital who shot the cop and then like they took him to the other, other hospital to kill him. I was like, I mean, shit. Yeah, he like walked into a, a, a store and just randomly like started shit like by shooting a cop. But like you're gonna go murder the guy? Like it's just not how things work. Like you can't do that. Like how can you justify like just taking this dude out of one hospital, putting him to another, and killing him? Just like, killing you him. can't justify that. Yeah, you can't. And, like, You're supposed to go to the, jail. The shit with the cops outside the Black Panthers thing, and they're like, you know, saying really derogatory things to people. And I feel like the Aunt Jemima thing had was something that they said because of like all the stuff that happened yeah. with Aunt Jemima recently. It, but like, but it, it know, was probably worse than that if we're being honest. It probably was. And, <laughs> And they're just sitting there, like trying to provoke some stuff, and then like they're just they're like they're trying to shit. start shit. And like Lakeith is just like, oh, I gotta go up to the roof, and then like he almost gets shot in the head. Up he's there, he's the reason like, why they started shooting. They were like sniper, and the police shot first. That's the thing. Like, and then they bomb the the building, and then when you see all the all the people come in and and try to fix the uh the building, I thought that was really powerful of just everybody Jager coming Hoover together. Being like, or Jesse Plemons like, oh, we got him. You won. It's over. It's and over. Like, and Jagger was and, like, won. Yeah, is he dead? Jail. And, but, but like the stuff he said, like you know, he's like you know, made a celebrity. Uh, you know, he could write. Yeah, like he could write a book, or he could go to Algeria and just escape. Like, what you mean, jail? He gotta go be under the ground, in the dirt. Five feet under. We smoking that Fred Hampton pack. That's what, and that's not my words. That is the words of J. Edgar Hoover. J. Edgar Hoover was like, we want him in the dirt. But yo, crazy moment. Like I said, Martin Sheen was great. I think every time you saw George Sam on the screen, powerful, bro. When Je when when you thought that Bill was the snitch, but it was like really that guy was the snitch. And then when Jesse Plemons goes and talks to the FBI agent, is like, yo, my informant told me he was like, yeah, we already know. 
That's our informant. And that's how we get free warrants. And the thing was, they were using that to get a warrant whenever they wanted. It wasn't at the time. That's what blew my mind. They they just wrote up the warrant for whenever they wanted to bust in because of George Sam. That's the that's the uh, dude from New Haven. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that yeah. shit blew my mind. And then one of the most powerful scenes was Lil Rel Howery as Wayne when he was like, you work for Ron. You I mean, you work for Roy. Here's, here's this brother and he slides in the thing. He's like, how do you know Roy? And it was just like, that goes back to how the CIA put crack in the hood. They use these drug dealers. And it's just like, ah, crazy, crazy. Yeah, and, and the whole deal with that was wild too. The, the raid and like, it's one of those things where like you were like, like Keith kind of did Fred well by like not making him like die via getting shot. But like at still the same time, he still he murdered escaped. him. Dude. Yeah, he still murdered him. Yeah, 100 percent. He and was responsible. Like, Roy was re- everybody in the FBI was responsible. Roy was responsible. J. Edgar Hoover. They all murdered Fred Hampton in cold blood. And the crazy thing is the family couldn't wait any longer. So they took the settlement and they only got a million dollars. They bro, they could have got forty four yeah, million. million dollars. Like million point five, six, a million, five a million point seven five. That's what it was. Yeah. But they could have got the whole 46. And the fact that the wife was there when they shot him and she just couldn't see, bro, that would haunt me every night of my life. That would like, I feel so bad for that woman. And she was yeah. pregnant and they did. all. She's lucky. We're she's so lucky that that baby came out and is perfectly fine and is healthy. Like, cause that could have, that could have killed the baby. That I'm talking about, like, just uh, that's number one. Trooper. I'm just talking about the stress could have killed the baby. There's so many moments that like insane. And they were just nobody shot anything. They just was open and fire. Just shooting well, I mean, across and, the board. And like I, I, from all the stuff they had done at that point, I, I wouldn't have been surprised if they would have beat the shit out of her. And then like the baby wouldn't be- die. Yeah, <laughs> that's a fag. That's a fucking fag, bro. Everything about this movie was insane to me. And then you can and I love why, how it's called Judas and the Black Messiah. And I really think they 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 pull on the, the Judas moment when he's shaking. He's like, let me fill up your water glass. That was the ultimate betrayal. That was the Judas moment. And you can see it in Lakeith. And Lakeith said on an interview that this role drove him crazy for a little bit. And that's why you remember when he deleted all his Instagram stuff and he was having all those moments is because of this role. And you understand why, because he put his all into this, man. And you can he see did. it. I mean, like, and that's why I hope that this movie gets heavily rewarded. Because, that's why the like, Golden Globes are fucking idiots, bro. Now that you've seen this movie, the Golden Globes, I don't want to say they're being racist, but it's kind of like everybody else being racist. <laughs> like, none of this one night Miami, nothing got nominated. Crazy, bro. That's Crazy. true. I mean, both of those movies, like, had like, incredible I, I, acting performances. Like, I'm you could okay say with that, one night in Miami. You could, you could, you could convince me one like, night in Miami doesn't get nominated. With one night in Miami, I, the only thing I would say is like maybe you throw Muhammad Ali. Ali guy. Yeah, a bone. Yep. A bone, but but cool. like, don't nominate one night in Miami. But this, nah, you out your mind. You out your mind. You out your mind. This is the best movie that I've seen in a while. Who was better, Lakeith Stanfield or Daniel Kaluuya? Um, I probably have to say like Keith just because he had more to do and like he had a lot of range to pull off. But like what Daniel Kluwa did is unmatched. Like, yeah, man, that's what I was I, like. I love Lakeith. Lakeith, this is the one time where it's like you were so good. But bro, just you, you Lakeith dropped 20 points. Lakeith dropped 25. But the thing is, Daniel Kaluuya dropped 45. Like, it was just. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, that's where, like, you, you can go ahead and say where Daniel Kaluuya was at and you're, like, ranking. And, like, I feel like Lakeith is, like, flirting with it. But, like. That's why he's five. This, this was really the first time that I had seen Lakeith Stanfield as, like, an actor. Like, a real, real, real. Sorry like, to bother you, like, good. 
I'm saying, but yeah, but Sorry to Bother You is goofy. Yeah, okay, I get what you're saying. Movie. This I'm is saying, him like, being this serious. Like, yeah, like I can't see like why he wouldn't be nominated for an award. Is like what I'm saying. Like they they both deserve Oscar nominations, whether you do lead or supporting. But I would love to see Jesse Plemons get nominated for supporting. Like I would love for both of them to get nominated for lead and one of them win it. Like I think that would be amazing. Jesse Plemons get nominated for for uh, supporting. Gotta shout out Daniel Dominique Fishback again. She was incredible. Who would you say the sixth man of this movie was doing some running back shit? Six man in this movie, uh, it's hard. Like it depends on like how you say is the six man because I feel like Jesse Plemons kind of like is the six man because like mm, I feel like he's a starter. He's the he's the he's the third of the big three. Mm, okay, so and I got may, Dominic Fishback maybe, as like the the four, like the starters to me are Daniel, Lakeith, Jesse, Dominic Fishback. And I don't know who the fifth person would be. Maybe Martin Sheen is Jay Edgar, but I feel like he wasn't in the movie enough. I want to give Jake Winters a six man, but he might have been in the movie too much. Like, I don't know. To me, the six man is either Algie Smith's Jake Winters or Martin Sheen's Jay Edgar Hoover. Probably uh, Jake Winters. I feel like Jake Winters like brought you like a new dimension of like the character that you're dealing with because it's like, what he could have been painted as and probably was painted as at the time was definitely like a was ruthless a murderer ruthless murderer and it's like not really the case of who he was but but you can't deny that what he did was wrong like yeah he, for sure like he definitely murdered like a, a bunch of police officers but like it's just you know such a, a shitty hard, situation a, a hard gray area you know? yeah just, it, it really is because like he wasn't provoking anything he just was you know yeah and just, i mean and the situation was real shitty because he just went to that dude's house to try and get some answers and he wasn't it, trying to like threaten him with the gun he or wasn't anything it like just that. fell out he was just strapped always because that's the era they were in like you had to be strapped to protect yourself and the black guy calling the cops on him when you know he wasn't gonna shoot you so that bitch material bitch made big bpe big pussy energy like I didn't even think he did it for real at first. Like I thought it was just like BS. Pranking? Nah, that's just to, well, just to get him to go away. Cause like, yeah, you know, that would be enough to scare me off. But like, Jesus, man, Algie Smith killed it. Like everybody in this movie, like you could tell that this meant a lot to everybody who was working on this movie, and they did a great job. I mean, we, I know we didn't mention this. We mentioned everybody, but the director. Shout out to Shaka King. Uh, never seen really anything other of his work. I'm trying to uh, see what else he did. Let me pull up his IMDb. Yeah, Shaka King. I feel like this was his first film. Shaka King, the director? Yeah, this was like his first major film. Like the only other things he has yeah. is Shrill, a TV series, a couple episodes, High Maintenance, a couple episodes of TV, uh, which, okay, that's a good TV show. Uh, yeah. People of Earth, like five episodes, and then he did a couple shorts. For this to be your directorial debut, Bro, that's big. That's a win for him. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like when I, I ask you, who, when you ask when you ask who wins the movie, I know you want to give it to some of the actors like Daniel or Lakeith, but like that's a big win for the director for this to be his opening film. It's like, wild. That's huge, bro. That's huge. Shout out to everybody. I don't think there's a loser of this movie. I really no. don't. Like everybody was that good. Like. I, I, the only loser maybe you could say is uh hold on let me see if i can see it oh bobby rush even though he was great in the movie bobby rush just let his mans die like <laughs> bobby, bobby rush didn't didn't think to be like 
yo, William O'Neill, you was doing some fuck shit. Like Bobby Rush was around all those times. I didn't Bobby Rush see him leave from the uh from the from the top of this the thing and just dip out. Like, I don't know. That's my that's my only thing. Like, are we sure that they would have been cool with William O'Neill after all the shady shit we saw him do? But I don't know. That's the only are we sure I have. But I love this movie. I'm giving this movie a nine point five out of ten. It was great. It was great. I mean, yeah, it was great. Yeah. No, loved it. Best movie I've seen in a long time. Better than any movie I saw last year. And I love I love some of those movies last year. Yeah. I mean, my girlfriend, and I sat down. We actually watched it in bed last night. Started around like nine. And she's like, yeah, you know, I want to do it in bed in case I fall asleep. Both of us wired awake. And like, by the time the movie was over, we had to like watch something palate cleanse because we were just like, there's no way we can go to sleep after that. All I had to, I had to talk to people about it. Like, I was like, I was like, I can't just not talk about this. It was so good. And, you know, love Judas and Black Messiah. Shout out to everybody. You see it in theaters or you watch it at home? No, I watch it at home. Yeah. I wish I'd have saw it in theaters, though. I bet that was an experience. Probably. Yeah, so, you know, shout out to Judas and Black Messiah. Way better than The Little Things. HBO Max missed big with The Little Things, but they got a big win with this. A big, big, big win. Shout out to Warner Brothers. This was great. All right, let's talk Your Honor season finale. Oh, what a great show, man. What a great fucking show. Now, you didn't like, the, you, didn't like you, you didn't think the show was better than Night Of. Well, I think the Night Of... It one night of had shorter was shorter season more compact like, yeah so like it was telling a story in like six episodes and so like I feel like um it was a little bit more tense the whole way through where like Your Honor we did have some downtime yeah we had some downtime um but like I feel like Your Honor did a good job of like telling the story through Your Honor and, paid like, a- the way that it ended was great I like the payoff of Your Honor. But I will say my only cons, there were some loose ends that never got tied up. Like that black Chevrolet, that black Chevrolet, that song. What was the purpose of all of that? that. What was the purpose of all that? And the wife, like we never found out the wife's killer. Why was that such a big like? I don't even know why the affair was such a big deal. I I don't. Yeah, the affair was like what what, what was the purpose of the mother in law? Why was she that like she she had no purpose as a senator? It seemed like that was just a red herring. I feel like there was a lot of red herrings. Black Chevrolet, red herring. Mother in law, red herring. Like that was stuff that wasn't needed. For sure. And, so you know, there's definitely a lot cons. of questions you have at the end of like how things are going to turn out for certain people. But like, and, you know, I guess since we're, you know, spoiling through the end. So like at the very end or whatever, where like Adam dies a lot, of, I feel like a lot of people are being like, oh, this wasn't the way of the payoff I wanted because they wanted to know about it, like Desiato and the Baxters and blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, no, the story, That's not the, began, story. Yeah. the story began with Adam killing Rocco. The story ends with him dead. Yeah. Like once he's dead is over. Like, I don't care about anything else. Like this dude yep. got what he deserved. M- maybe it was an accident. Maybe it wasn't an accident. As some people have. The story yeah. was not about Jimmy Baxter and, and, and shout out to my guy, shout out to our guy Domo in the discord. Domo said how he wanted to see Jimmy Baxter versus uh, Brian Cranston, a, a battle of the minds. It was not about the judge versus the mobster. It's not about it the mobster. It was, but like, like you said, at the core of this, the story is not about Jimmy Baxter and seeing his empire. It's not about how the judge comes back from this. This story is about a boy who made a bad decision and his father doing everything in his power to cover it up, thus losing all of his morals and everything he stands for to help his son 
Yet in the end, he ends up losing everything. He loses his morals. He loses his love of his life. He loses his son. And now he's in his own personal hell based upon the choices he chose. If he would have chosen just to turn his son in and face the consequences, his son might not have died. Well, I mean, no, he would have been dead. You think Jimmy would have killed him? Well, that was the whole point of like at the in this episode where he's talking to like Lee and some and of the where, people. And, like, and all shit dude understand. was talking with Charlie was talking to the to the cop. He's like, what you don't understand is like if we would have gone through with like doing the right thing, we would be dead. You know, Co- and, the, and Lee's like, you know, Kofi's family and the dead. Well, Kofi's family being dead, that would have happened to him. Like, that's the thing. Like, that's why he did what he did was because he knew that that was what was going to happen to him if they found out that he was the killer. Like, that's true. So, too. That's I mean, true, it, too. But yeah. I, I love the ending. I, I think the fact that Michael is now in the worst part, like, he, yes, Adam had to die. Adam could not have lived based upon what this story was telling. But people are like, Michael should have went to jail. No, this is worse than Michael dying. This is worse than Michael going to jail. This is the ultimate punishment for Michael. The fact that he has to hold his dead son in his arms. Also, I know people are going to say Jimmy and the Baxters got off easy. Jimmy Baxter now loses his daughter forever. Like, his daughter... It's not going to be rocking with Jimmy. I don't know. I don't remember that. Because, like, he did have the moment with Adam where he hugged him at the end. That's like, I true. Feel like, I feel like, you know, they... And by him not telling her at the moment about, like, what he actually did, like, I feel like he doesn't have to at this point. Because, yeah, he like, doesn't because he's dead. It would just ruin their relationship. That's true, too. That's true. Damn, you're right. Yeah, so Jimmy, I really Jimmy, do feel like the Baxters got off. The Baxters like, might have got off easy. They got off easy. But, but that it, is the know. purpose of this. It's like and, and corruption, and, <laughs> corruption and crime in New Orleans, man. Like they got off easy, man. And, and that but that's why Michael is that. I think they got off easy. All right. Now, now that we're, now that I'm talking about this aloud, I think they had to get off easy because now that's the ultimate hell for Michael. You did. You allowed Carlo Baxter, a rapist murderer to get away and or no, a racist murderer to get away all to save your son you you coerced with this mobster you went against everything you stood for and yet your son still died in the end you, and, who, and a son who didn't respect you which is the ultimate slap in the face turned off his phone didn't answer your phone calls yep. d- decided not to go to nyu d- you know when lied like, to you about winning, being with the baxter when, girl exactly you know dude his son had did not deserve all the stuff that like Michael Desiato did for him. And like, it's absolutely insane. And like for him, it was like, you know, Eugene shoots and I'm thinking like, it's going to go to Carlo or it's going to go to the mom. And then like it shoots Adam in the neck. I'm like, Oh, okay. I wanted Eugene to see if I have one other complaint, Eugene should have fired off another shot. Someone else should have died. Someone else, whether it's Carlo, the mom, someone should have died from the back. Five more shots. He should have just like, MPA. Yeah, he's, he, that's what I'm saying. Someone from the I think for this show to have been perfect for me, someone from the Baxter side would have died like they had to. You had to kill one of them. But also Eugene's going to jail, like you said. Yeah, he's done for. He threw his life away. And that's also a product of Michael Desiato. Michael Desiato had the opportunity to right the wrongs of what had happened and give Eugene a chance. But like now he fell into what happened again, with Desire. Uh, again, more so Michael Desiato put himself in his personal hell. He created this hellscape for himself. Every, like you said, he tried to save Eugene's family by being the ghost that Eugene saw that was there the day of. And like, but now you put this, you, all the family is dead. You, now this kid's going to jail based upon your choices. You lose Lee. You lose Lee forever. You lost your son. You lost the respect of, of the cop that you trusted. 
And, you know, everything crazy. The only thing you do have is your friend, Charlie. Gotta say, shout out to Charlie. Real ride or die. All shit. My guy. Hope he wins the election. I hope he wins the mayor of New Orleans. Because when he went go talk to the cop and was like, it was Adam. When he broke it down for her and was like, no, I'm not threatening you. I'm trying to give you a promotion. Like, I love that was a real friend. Gotta say, Charlie, MVP of the episode. Maybe MVP of the season. Like, Charlie was a ride or die. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I liked his character, and I, feel I loved like what, his character. What his scene within the last bit of the ninth episode with uh, Sophie D'Elia and the teacher, like I felt like that was a big, great, big both, jumping point for this episode. Both really, moments like, were great. Wild. Lee, I didn't like Lee's moment with Michael in the court in the courthouse, like when she was it like, it was necessary. It was necessary, but like also. Lee, you don't realize that Jimmy Batch is going to kill you, too, if I don't do this. And Michael should have told her that. He should have, because, like, the whole deal is, is, like, you know, if he blows up Kofi's house, like, he could have blown up the house that had the mother-in-law, Charlie, and her in it at that time. Like, Jimmy threatened you, girl. Like, that, like, I understand you want me to do the right thing. He threatened you. Like, I'm trying to save you. I'm trying to save everyone I care about. But in the end, I lost everyone. Crazy story. Crazy, yeah. crazy, crazy story. Do you the, this question poses the moral question of do you do the right thing and maybe lose your child or do you try to save everyone you care about? But in the end, lose everyone anyway. A, a great moral dilemma. Loved it. Yeah, I was on pins and needles the whole time, the whole time. Yeah, it was it was a great show and it, I feel like it wrapped up beautifully. I'm glad beautifully. that this was the I'm glad that this was the first show of the new year for us to review. I think it was fitting. It was fitting. And I think it did more so than any other show that has been set in New Orleans did a really good job of showcasing the city. (laughs) I'm glad you said that. Biggest are we sure? There's no way, let me just tell you, as someone who has walked the streets of New Orleans, who has been in New Orleans, there's no way on God's green earth that Michael Desiato ran from what looked like the two-lane neighborhood, St. Charles neighborhood, area of new orleans to downtown french quarter that fast there's no fucking way there's There's no no fucking fucking way way. and then like where he was at in lee circle i've walked lee circle to pretty much where he went it took me like an hour and a half yeah i mean that shit is a it is a long walk so that's the final thing i had to say was just (laughs) and i feel like i feel like the turnoff he did on lee circle was the wrong direction like if if you go back and look at it i feel like he, he went he went towards the museum where he should have gone the other way, yeah. The other way, and I'm like, <laughs> like you know, my girlfriend checked out really early in the show because she was like, I just can't get over. Like they're driving over to go to Algiers, but they never go to Algiers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the New Orleans stuff. As much as I loved it, a lot of it, and and also, what was the COVID shit in this whole episode? No COVID shit. They should have just. They shouldn't have never brought that never up. Never even brought it up. <laughs> Like the only thing was like his secretary lady was wearing the mask down, and, <laughs> and he was like, like, "Get out of here, Bernice." <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> Love this show, man. Love this show. Out great. of 10, giving it a solid eight, 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 seven. Giving it a solid eight, seven, eight, eight. Out I'll of stay 10. with that. Yeah. Eight, thought seven, it was eight, great. Eight. But that's yeah. it for me. That's it, man. And uh let the people know where what's going on with the Brosy Thing Network and uh 
man, we'll find another show to talk about. Maybe it'll be uh, this Amazon show. Yeah. So, okay. So if you're a One Piece fan or if you're trying to get into One Piece, Christian and myself reviewed the first arc of One Piece, the East Blue arc. That'll be out by the time you guys hear this. If you're caught up with the manga, the new One Piece manga chapter review is out. There'll be a new anime talk coming out next week. Uh, Also, there's a new Bros Who Think podcast, which is hilarious. That's out this week. And there'll be a new run it back out next week, either on Saturday or next week. I'm either going to put it out Saturday or I'm going to put it out Monday of next week. So and we're reviewing Black Klansmen. It's me, Schubert, Ian in Brooklyn. We're doing uh, black movies for Black History Month. And yeah, so that's the first one. We're going to do another one and probably one more before Feb. Try to do one. Try to do three before well, February. We probably feasibly only do two. Yeah, we February exactly. short month. But in but we'll try to at least do one more one more in March where it's all only all black movies. So but that you can check that out. I'm excited to do Black Klansman. But other than that, join the Discord. Join the Discord. Link in the description. And be sure to subscribe to the YouTube. Also, the VOD of Pitch It, both matches will be out. I just... I, 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 we got a lot of stuff coming out. Yeah, a lot of shit saying. was coming out, and I just didn't have time to upload Watch it. Watch it live. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But y'all can follow me at LinBWT and follow the bros who think at bros who think on Twitter.